The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. We are always excited to have you along, and you have probably been listening for a while, and therefore you're already aware of the big news, and especially the big news video that we published today. If you haven't seen it, it's the official announcement of us and our transition to Velocity, and we even had uh, Eric on here. He was he was saying, that's the first time I've put faces to the podcast voices and thank you for the support. And uh, it says, he's, we are a welcome distraction from his cubicle jungle, but his interest, interest is peaked in Lotai. He's Lotai curious. Good news, we're going to talk about Lotus on the podcast, Eric. And thank you all for your support. Thank you for the kind comments. And so all that means is Todd has been very busily editing everything we're going to television with. And so he gets the day off. He's got some other stuff going on. He gets the day off. And we are thrilled to have Chance back on the podcast with us. As a matter of fact, you just told me you were bummed because you didn't get to do the debates that we had planned. But now you yeah, do. Yeah. So thanks for filling in. Thanks for jumping back on with me. This is great. Yeah, of course. I, I'm always happy to help. And I, I love doing this. Just just being able to, to, you know, we're always shopping for cars for ourselves, even though, you know, it's just the 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 dream what what does this kind of money buy oh i can't afford that but that's interesting <laughs> you just like move the sliders a little bit <laughs> and you can figure out which one like ooh huh what could i sell what junk do i have in my house that i could yeah. sell at a garage sale huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, and this just puts it, it sets the parameters for me already so i just you know set, tweak things around a little bit and go hmm okay so for this kind of money and this this these scenarios uh, let's go with, let's see what these cost. <laughs> and you've been doing that a lot lately, especially with Caymans, I've noticed. You've been moving the sliders yeah, a lot and sending both bit, Todd yeah. and I links like, ooh, what about this one? And then a day later it's gone. And then, you, ooh, what about this one? It's it's really funny. One of our one of our followers, uh, I think it was, I think his name was Rob, he started messaging me back and forth on Instagram to to my profile. And he's like, he said something like he was looking at him too and Wanted me to promise if hey if you, if you only look at them on the west coast I'll I'll stay clear of those if you stay clear of the east coast and... <laughs> like this is my territory to look in you can have yeah. that swath over there that's funny <laughs> yeah it was pretty funny and it turned out we at the time I was I found a car in Florida that I was looking at and I told him that was, he's like oh is it this one I was like yeah it's like yeah I called about that one a couple days ago it's had these problems it's like oh well that's good to know <laughs> that's great I mean it's it's becoming the more interaction you guys do and especially with chance. I encourage you to reach out to him and Edgar as well. I mean, we've got Edgar, a shooter in L.A., and he's going to be helping us with an upcoming shoot. Pretty fun. Uh, I will tell you about that here in a moment. But uh, we've so got jealous, some... by the way. Sorry, what? I'm so jealous about that one, by uh, the way, know, this upcoming shoot. OK, I'll just tell you. <laughs> we've been wanting to get into the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio for quite a while. And so our generous friends at FCA have set us up with that car. In addition, we've got the competition pack uh, M3. So those two are going to be together. We might have a third. We'll see. But uh, that's locked in here shortly for a shoot, and that will go to television. But as uh, we've been answering your thoughts and questions to the video we posted, the big news video I alluded today, and a lot of your comments here, 
a lot of this content is going to wend its way eventually to YouTube. So don't worry about that, especially if you're listening outside of the US. It will get there eventually because we want to share that with you as well. This is just what we're ramping up for. And that's, again, Todd has been working his tail off. And so he gets uh, he gets a little bit of a respite here. And again, Chance, you're, you're filling in whenever you know I'm traveling or Todd can't fill in or something like that. And it's, yeah. it's becoming nice. And I think people are liking hearing from you and hearing your opinion on stuff. And these two car debates really relate to the, the experiences that you've got, which I'm glad. And you, you're already prepared. I, I love that. This is great. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's just it's so nice to be able to help out in more ways than just being behind the camera or in front of the yeah, behind the camera. Behind the, I'm never sure. in front of the camera. <laughs> no, all good. <laughs> except, except for in the in the drift video, I was I was kind of in front of that one a couple you, times. But you were in front of the car, but, uh, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about that last time, though, if I remember right. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm happy to help, and it's 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 great, and and uh, I love it. Well, this will be fun because we've got two great car debates here. We've got Tim in New England and. Tim wrote a while back and thought I was crazy. I was on some different time zone because I had suggested C7 Corvettes for under 40 in the mid 40s. And turns out he went looking and indeed I was right. Uh, but that's just because I did some research here. So he's got a, a great debate between, I'll lay it out here, a C7 versus a Lotus Elise. And we're going to talk all things Lotus. And if Todd were here, of course, he might just be preconditioned. He'd probably die. He'd, he'd die. <laughs> He's preconditioned and his proclivity would be the Lotus. But we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to know what you've got, your debates on that. And we've also got Matthew up in Buffalo, New York. He is getting a new car this year. And the first car that he's going to be deciding on his own. So it sounds like maybe he's had some hand-me-downs or, you know, some family influence, something like that. But this is his own thing. And he's looking for something in the $30,000 range, which is uh, – this is going to be fun because the headline here is not boring. It cannot be boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is going to be – this is going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime – it's springtime. The big melt is underway in Utah, and we're getting our beautiful sunsets back. I love the sunsets over the mountains, and uh, all that's coming back, and that means racing is happening. The uh, uh, What was it? The Daytona race has already kicked off early January, but nope. uh, you're doing some stuff. You're doing some shooting coming up uh, out at uh, U Utah Motorsports Campus, right? That's correct. Yeah, this weekend is the the kickoff of the local race series. Uh, we have NASA Utah that they do monthly, monthly races and it's weekend long things. It's both, um, track day and actual racing by, by some pretty serious cars. Um, so what are you doing you... for those guys? Are you going out there? You're doing some photography or are you doing any video for them? Yeah, just, just photography. I, okay. I'm one of the kind of a freelance photographer out there and, try and take pictures of everyone's cars and throw them up on my website and uh, in some ways hope for the best. And more often than not, I get people that it's usually the newer people that hadn't been out before. They say, Oh, Hey, cool. There's some pictures of my car on the track so they can go show their friends and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Well, that's and, cool. That's cool. I mean, you've got to put some of those up on Instagram when you get a few of them that you really like. I'm sure it takes you a while to sort through, you know, everything and, Pull the good yeah, ones, all that on, kind of stuff. 
on an average NASA day, I usually only go for one day, and I come home with about a thousand or so images oh, that I have to me. sort through. Oh <laughs> it takes gosh. a little while. But when, when one of the big race series comes to town, I'm usually there the entire event, so start to finish, which is three, four days, and I'll come home with several thousand. I think the last last year, um, Pirelli World Challenge came through, and I came away with about 10,000 images, and it was it took me a long time to get through them all. Unbelievable. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's incredible. It takes you a while, but yeah, you've got to post some good ones here. And I'm just wondering, I'm going to the Utah Motorsports Campus website. Do we have any big series coming through this year? Have you looked at all? Uh, world, world challenge is coming again in, um, I think it's in August. They, okay. they come, they come pretty much every year now. And with the, the, um, the, lawsuits and things that have been going on at the track because of the the sale that's been going on with the county and a couple of other people it's been very difficult for them i think not only the track but all these wow. other racing series to to not, not only want to well it's not that they don't want to come they just don't know if the track's going to be around next season kind of thing so they they They've left the slot open for a long time, and they just recently, it was like two or three weeks ago, they made the official announcement that they are indeed coming to Utah next year in August, which is awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad to see that because their calendar online is pretty sparse, to be honest. It looks like they haven't really filled everything out, and it's such a great, great place. I mean, Todd and I are really hoping to be on as much as we can just doing our own thing uh, in yeah, addition to everything they're, else they're, we're doing, you know. Yeah, the track is actually in the process of, of redesigning their website, so a lot of the, the links don't work, and it's still, it's still they're trying to get it up and running. I actually had to, to email the, the media director, John Gardner, our, our friend John Gardner there, uh, directly to get to see if, where the application was to fill out for my credentials. And, uh, so he sent me the link, and it didn't work. And so I told him, he's like, well... Okay, just just email me your name, who you're shooting for, and <laughs> right. and and include a bribe for for why I should give you credentials. And, <laughs> and because thankfully John and I are pretty good friends, and I I put as my bribe to to be in the presence of my greatness and glory. So <laughs> and I flattering I later will get you everywhere, them, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I asked him later how what he thought of that offer, and he's like, "That was actually the best offer I'd had all day." <laughs> <laughs> he is susceptible to it, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's pretty so, cool. I'm looking forward to funny. seeing yeah what comes out there and and the changes because this is our home track. And as I was mentioning, in addition to the European uh, adventure, the pilgrimage adventure, and the stuff that Todd and I are planning for in the states, yeah, I'm just hoping to get on track. Every time we go, I come away thinking I've got to do more. I I really need to. And as a matter of fact, many of you have asked if I track my Cayman GTS. Up to this point, I haven't because of the consumables, and you're going to laugh at me because now I'm thinking, huh, should I just get a beater track car? As a matter of fact, I saw <laughs> Diane. She was the 997 owner in our 50 years of the 911 piece. Yep. I just saw on her Facebook page she was prepping for this weekend for the, the event you're going to be shooting, Chance. Apparently, yep. she's got a 944 stripped out. You know, She's in the middle of the car, tearing everything out of there, making it lightweight. Well, you know, she's tracked her 911 before, but now she's got a dedicated track car or something. And all right, Diane's done it. Ha, come on. I, she, <laughs> I actually I have several pictures of her old 
her previous 997 that you guys used. Yeah. It, she actually right. recently got rid of that one and found a newer one, a 997-2, in the same color. So if Beautiful. you look at it, you would never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just wants to keep it a little nicer. She, she was telling me it was pretty funny. So but, everybody's uh, yeah, getting track cars, it, apparently. <laughs> what What's great about NASA Utah, and it, this goes the same with NASA around all all their other regions and any other similar, you know, SCCA and other, other, uh, sanctioning bodies is like, like I said, they, they do track days so you can take your own car out there. And I've, I've seen everything from stripped out Porsche race cars all the way down to, it was a, at the time it was a couple of years ago, but it was a brand new, still with temp tags on it, Toyota Camry that was what doing laps on the track. Yeah. Hitting yeah. Me. I was having a blast, but it's not. <laughs> so you see a bit of everything out there. It's great. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it, you know, run what you brung kind of thing. And I'm looking forward to it. Also this weekend is the 12 hours of Sebring that's coming up. And I'm looking through all the teams and drivers this year. I had no idea Jeff Gordon is driving for the Konica Minolta team, the Cadillac. Yep. I mean, Christian Fittipaldi, all these That team names. won uh, Jeff Gordon and the, the uh, Wayne Taylor Racing, the, the race team that they, they're they run by. They actually won the Rolex 24 this past or two months ago. Unbelievable. With, with yeah, Jeff Gordon behind the wheel. So, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, there's some big names. And it just seems like, man... You know, if you're if you're sort of like the equivalent of a pro golfer, but you're not a name yet, there's guys in here who are, you know, incredibly fast. But then you're up against the Jeff Gordons and the Graham Rahals and the Scott Sharps of the world and, yep. you know, all these guys. And it's just like there's some sweet cars in here. I It actually really makes me want to go to a race. But I just might be able to because I've got an upcoming opportunity for the Long Beach Grand Prix in the middle of April. And Chance, you don't know this, but I've got this opportunity. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be attending the race. I don't think Todd will be, but this opportunity involves looking at the new 2018 IndyCar chassis, the new Aero Kit in oh, VR nice. and being able to take a look at that and hopefully meeting some of the, some of the drivers possibly. We'll see. We'll see, but definitely a lot of IndyCar folks and, uh, checking out the new car. I have seen it a little bit, but uh, just due to some inside connections here, but I'm actually really curious about uh, taking a look at this again and uh, and discussing with the IndyCar folks. Bit of uh, some controversy around it, but uh, yeah, this is going to be cool. And so I'll be there for the entire weekend. If you're around, if you're at the Long Beach Grand Prix, I'd love to say hello. I'll probably be floating around here and there. And uh, yeah, I'd love to meet you. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, quite a weekend. And then, of course, the... Um, the WeatherTech IMSA series will be there as well. So that's going to be lots and lots of racing. Yeah. I'm looking and forward if, to being there. If Todd can't go, I know a good stand-in that'll take his place. Oh, you do? I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> good to know. I'll have to ask you about this mysterious person. Yeah. Um, so that's all uh, coming up. But, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm excited. It just feels like spring is in the air. Racing is here. Formula One's going to be kicking off soon. We've got Le Mans series coming I'm it I don't know it's just sort of like this transition time spring is my favorite time of year and and uh it just means racing it's racing has begun again so here we go um, it also means the good roads will be opening up soon hopefully it's a great I, point I I swapped out the uh the snow tires on both our BRZ and the Boxster this week I was, saw that you posted I, a couple photos Yeah I I posted a picture of the Boxster and while I was while I was doing that 
um, a couple kids, they were, I don't know, they were early teens, probably freshmen in high school age. Uh, they walked by and they saw the car and one of them goes, Hey, is that a Ferrari? And <laughs> what was your reaction? What did you I say? I was just like, well, there, there was, it was twofold. I had, I had my dog out with me and he ran right to them cause he's, he sees people and you know, he just does, and people does what a dog does. Of course, people. So I'm, try, I'm chasing after him and then being after my car is a Ferrari. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, it's not. How do I be nice <laughs> and informative all at the same time? Right. Yeah. Maybe I should have told him it was a Ferrari, a Ferrari Boxster. Yeah. That it's got a horse on it in the logo. It does and, have a horse. It, it's so. tiny. Yes, it does have a horse, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm feeling the itch too, and I've had baby out a few times. I never did get the winter tires for the GTS, but I've been able to drive it on some clear days. We've had some weird weather. We had the big snow and then a melt, and then another big snow, and then now everything is melted in the yard, and it's yeah, it's on, baby. It's been like mid 60s lately here, so nope. I'm getting the pretty itch. Nice. Gosh. Um, anyway, but uh, the rest of you listening here, we've got these debates here that we're going to jump right in. And as I mentioned, Chance has expressed a lot of enthusiasm because he was all ready and prepared. And then we didn't get to talk about it because I came back from a business trip and sort of slid right in there. And uh, we didn't get to talk about him. But I'm glad because uh, Tim, starting off here up in New England, Tim, it's almost like you've owned all the greatest hits of everything we love. Pretty you've, much. You've I, I noticed of, that. Yeah. In the email here, he's owned the Mazda Speed 3, the Genesis Coupe, 2013 WRX, the Hatchback, your car, 2013 BRZ, although I think yours is a 15. Is that right? No, mine's a 13. Yours is a 13. 13. Okay. So he's yeah. got, he's owned your car, another WRX, 2015 WRX, and he's currently got the 2016 Golf R that he, he has done a few things. He's throw, thrown some money at it, short throw, the sway bars, a few other things, and so... He's like, everything we could recommend in that category you've already owned and you're at the Golf R currently, but you have the Lotus disease. And I'm actually, I'm curious to debate this with you because, of course, I think we're both assuming Todd would immediately say, yes, if Lotus is on the list, (laughs) if you're shopping for an Elise and you can get one, we're done. Nothing more to say. We're done. Go ahead and do that. I've, yeah, no one would be surprised at all. Not at all. No, we we won't be. Uh, just because he loves the nimble, precise cars. And then, Tim, you said, yeah, you heard me talking about the C7 Corvette. And you went looking, and that's been this, huh. Okay, so these are very, very different cars, Tim. I mean, these are really our, our only choices here that you've offered up. Chance, I'm curious to hear what others you might have added. Or where are you leaning between... The C7 and the idea of owning one and fitting into this, you know, this price category that he can do versus could he, should he just do the Lotus? I kind of know well, where I'm going. I don't want to reveal that yet. I want to go straight to your okay. choices. Well, I, I had a couple thoughts on this. Both cars are great cars. And like you said, they are, they could not be more different. One's the big American bruiser. Yeah. It's fast. It's, it's still nimble. It's a great car. And then you've got the lightweight, you know, finger finger light touch and and driving dynamics and, and throw it around the corner fast kind of car. And I, I noticed in his comments that he said he, he loved the BRZ, but he said it didn't have enough power for him. And 
since Todd's not around, I'm going to say this because it won't beat me up. <laughs> Although he but, might be listening later, but, you know that, right? He's, he's oh yeah, I know, I know, I will. I'll, I'll probably get a text from him or something. But, of course. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I've never driven an Elise, but I have ridden around a track in a Lotus Exige. But I suspect that the BR, since the BRZ didn't feel powerful enough, I think the Elise probably won't feel powerful enough either. Unless it's one of the newer supercharged models, because they it weighs a little bit less, but the horsepower is about the same, and it, it's not a fast straight line car. Right, you, right. You know what I mean? So, with that in mind, and keeping with with Lotus, I thought, well, what about the Avora? You can the Avora S. It's it's more expensive than the Elise, but it's right up there in terms with the C7 in price. You can yeah. If you really look, you can find them for low 40s. If you really look. It was hard, but I found a couple of them. But and to Tim's detriment, he has not named a specific price, so <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, here to he, spend your money, my friend. <laughs> he, he listed a few prices, but there it was quite a range of prices. So Well, yes, and one of the things that he's talking about is either selling the Golf R that he's got now, the one he's tuned lightly, done a few things. He owes about 20 grand on it. And he, it's only got 7,500 miles. So if he decides to sell it, Tim, let us know because we might have a buyer, uh, anybody listening, <laughs> but you might yeah. be keeping it. So it's either selling the Golf R and going for the Corvette, but then he'd still need something for the daily, a, a Mazda 3 hatch, a GTI, yeah. something like that. So that actually means two cars if you end up selling the Golf R. However, keeping it is also an option, and then you're thinking – Elise, should I just do it? But do you have other thoughts for Tim? I mean, are you throwing those out or are you going for those? I'm curious. Well, I, I had two other thoughts, and, and one of them I think is is more of a better option. But it, it's it's kind of a middle ground car, and then I have kind of a wild card that I actually don't know if you guys have ever recommended before, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. Wild cards are but, always fun. They're always good. But in in his list, he he rules out the S two thousand. He rules out the Miata. The the yeah. um, He says older Boxster. Now I don't know if that means the nine eight six, the first gen Boxster, or if that includes the nine eight seven as well, like what I have. Not sure. So, I mean, so you've got like both I, cars. You've got the BRZ. You've got the Boxster. I mean, yeah. And so <laughs> I that I I went I thought well what about a Cayman S for that kind of price range you can buy a lot of Cayman S <laughs> How would you know have you been shopping yeah, it's, lately it's not, I mean, not like I haven't been looking yeah Yeah say <laughs> but and the, the, so that car it's got the dynamics it's got it's got speed it'll be faster than the Exige it's even a little more practical but it's it's not as big and fast as the Corvette So that kind of leads me to my wild card. It takes the Corvette to the extreme. Okay. And, and it, <laughs> I'm worried it's, now. <laughs> <laughs> it's still American. Okay. It's fast. It's loud. It's the Dodge Viper SRT10. Really? It's it's such a different car. It's not. It I was going to say, make your case for the Viper. I'd like to it, hear this. If you want something dramatic and. He said he's never really been into American cars, and I think the the Corvette is a true American car. But the other side of that coin is the Viper. It's, it is. And so what you, year are you, you can thinking? Get it, 
this would be the the second gen, so not not the the nicer looking one they have now, but not the first gens either. So that's okay. So second what, gen, two thousand two thousand four to I'm gonna get the years wrong, but like like oh four to two thousand ten or whatever whatever the years were. Okay, okay, this is intriguing to me. I mean, you're right. We've never recommended a Viper. Now, Todd, I believe, has driven a Viper briefly on track at a Motopress Guild event a couple years ago. But we've been talking about doing the generations of Viper and driving all these cars back to back and talking about them. They do have a place in car history. I mean, yeah, they they came out and then they smashed records on racetracks all over the world. And they're just, they just seem so brutal to me. I mean, maybe they're fun. Maybe they're, maybe we're totally missing out here on the Viper thing. But I rarely see them. I don't see any in Utah. Have you seen them around here? There, I've, I've seen a few. There's actually a couple I see, a couple of newer ones I see at the track, the current gen okay. ACR versions. But, but yeah, I, I was looking around nationwide and I found several of the first and second gen Vipers for under 40 grand. And you basically have your really? pick. Yeah, I was I was a little shocked by by They've how many there low. were. Yeah. So I mean, I've always thought that was an engine wearing a car. So, now, oh, it know. totally is. They're they're not. It's not going to be anywhere near as nice inside as the C7 will be. But it it's something like I said. It's a wild card. It's something to go go look at. Maybe sure. Maybe you end up liking it a lot more than you thought you would, or maybe you end up hating it and well, at least tried it, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting. You're right. Vipers. They just they're not on the forefront of my mind, so I never really think, you know what you need? We're going to prescribe you a Viper. Go <laughs> go find a track and <laughs> smash it into smithereens. Um, yeah. That's pretty interesting because that is a different car. I mean, you know, Tim is, as you said, waffling between the C7 and the Elise. Such different platforms, weight, dynamics, all of that stuff. I, clearly, Tim, you're going to have to go drive the C7. Now you're going to have to add the Viper to the list, I think, to at least go check out your interest level and drive that for comparison's sake. And then I'm just going to stick with the Elise. And you're going to be surprised because... I liked your Cayman suggestion, and me being me, I you would have thought I would have been all of the Cayman, which I love. But if Tim, if you're in love with that Elise, we're going to more than forcefully guide you that way. I feel like Todd would back me up here. I feel like, I mean, yeah, despite the Cayman, and they're awesome, you could get a really, really nice one. But there is something about that, and, and I am... I've been thinking more about Lotus and McLaren these days, and my love for both of those manufacturers is definitely ramping up. But the Elise is just so intriguing. You're not going to see yourself coming and going. It is a special car. I've just been poking around like, huh, Elise for a track car. Not that I could go out <laughs> and you know, buy one right now, but man, that would just be something else. And that way, keeping the Golf R, because you've already thrown some money at that Golf R, and I feel like there's no reason to get rid of it. Because if you do, then you're getting two cars. Okay, maybe. I just feel like where we're at with Lotus and the Elise and the used prices is Corvettes will always be there, I feel like. Yeah. There'll always be an option. C7s are going to continue plummeting in price. We'll all have the option at some point to consider a C7. 
but the Elise, if you're remotely interested in, the, in this car and you can fit it into your life, and I mean genuinely you can add it to your life and you can drive it. It won't just sit. And it's not just going to be a conversation piece. And you can go drive it a lot. I, I, I don't know why you shouldn't. I'm, I'm intrigued that you love it and I'm just – I'm going to push on you that way. If you, I'm hoping you've driven this car already. Did you? Did he say in here that he's uh, driven? No, he has not driven it. I don't th yeah, I don't think he's, okay. he's driven it, no. Okay, so he fits fine in it, and he likes the preciseness. It's, it's something different to wrap your head around. You're going to think that you're going to die on the freeway when, you know, semi-trucks merge <laughs> in. and I mean, you almost need one of those tall bicycle flags or those dune buggy flags. You know, just, here I am, don't run over me. But then once you get used to it, I, I'm intrigued that you're intrigued, Tim, so. Yeah, yeah and, and don't get me wrong, but, I, but my suggestions were just throwing out a few more options. I would definitely say, no, definitely say look at both the Elise and the Corvette, because either choice you will not be disappointed in. I mean, <laughs> Elise, Corvette, those are like opposite ends of the car kingdom. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> they do different things, though. I mean, they, they... Oh, very different things. You know, they stir different emotions in you. And, and you know, if you just put your foot down in the Elise in a straight line, you're going to be disappointed. In a Corvette, you're going to beat everybody. Same with a Viper, for that matter. But, you know, where are you at? Yeah. What are you going to be doing with the car? So, Tim, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of fun. So, yeah, that stuck out, and I'm glad, uh, glad to cover it. So write to us if you've got the chance. Write to us and uh, let us know what you get. If you have not already bought something... But we'll move on to Matthew up in Buffalo, New York, where he's probably getting hammered with uh, some late spring snowstorms as well. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> Man. So he's got uh, a, a lot of stuff on his mind and also considering yours and Todd's car. So the 86, the Cyan FRS, the BRZ. He's been sniffing around the WRX. He's got thirty grand to spend, and this is his first car. So... This is the sweet spot, Matthew. This is right where it's – this is all your decision and we're going to influence a little bit. But the list of cars that you've got here from Nissan 240SX, Honda Accord, Civic, Legacy, and you currently have a Mazda 6. But I love – you scroll down. Did you see this at the bottom, Chance? <laughs> He's bored out of his skull with this yeah, Mazda I saw 6. That. And I, I agree with them. When when my wife and I bought our Mazda 3, we wanted a Mazda 6 because they're such a good-looking car. They are. But, no, they but are. They share, they share the same engine as the Mazda 3, so they're slower, and they, they still haven't done a performance-oriented version of it. There's no Speed 3 or 6, for that matter. And they look good, but they're all show and no go, you know? So I, I completely understand where he's coming from with, with being disappointed with it. Keep telling and, me about your BRZ. You've done the same thing that Todd did to his with the Flash, uh, Open Flash tablet, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I've done that, and I've got a, a drop-in K&N air filter. That's the only things I've done to the car and well, on tires. But where I are you in terms of loving it? I'm just curious. I mean, honest answer. I, where are you in terms of what he's talking about? Power when he puts his foot down, he wants something fun to drive. Where are you currently at with the car? I'm curious. I have mixed feelings. I There are times I absolutely love it, and then there are times that I'm just kind of like, it's it's a cheap performance car. It's not really that awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, you <laughs> but, can throw money at it, but Todd and I talk about tuning out of class a lot. Yeah, and, and I've, I've been asked so many times, 
when are you going to supercharge the car? Yeah. And, you know, I would love to, and as I've driven a supercharged car and I liked it, but the, for the money you spend, it's, it's about five or six grand. Mm-hmm. I can dump that into my Mustang and get it a lot further down the road than I'll ever will with the BRZ. Yeah. And thank you for telling us the Mustang update, by the way. And you posted some great photos of thing of uh, where you're currently at and did a nice, nice job explaining everything. So, but yeah, I was just curious where you're at with, uh, with that. BRZ. Yeah, it's it's right now because the weather's been the way it is. It's it's nicer and I can drive it a little little more spirited. <laughs> Faster. I, I I mostly commute commute in the car right now, and it's not the most fun car to commute in. It's I agree. It's, I agree. You need some it's open not, road. It's not uncomfortable, but it's it's okay. Sure. It, it's got everything you need in it. That there's nothing wrong with it. It's just. I okay, I'll, I'll be honest. Some of it is because I've been spoiled with my wife's Boxster, but yes, you have. It's <laughs> quite lovely. But <laughs> yeah, I I really like the car. There's just sometimes it's like there's a lot better out there too. Sure, I think that's what Matthew's asking for here because he's been in cars in his car lifetime here. Of honestly, they don't have a lot of power, and no. I feel like my choices kept two things in mind, Matthew. First of all is not boring, can't be boring. And the second thought that was on my mind when I was shopping for you is what is the most power you can get for the money? Yes, we talk about dynamics all the time and that is very important, but just straight up power, just something, something you want to go just drive, just for the fun. He specifically says that, uh, he wants something that's fun to drive and that I can tell when I step on the gas that the car moves. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, the BRZ is not going to do that for you. It's just not. Even with the open flash tablet, it, it helps, but it's it's not going to impress you when you step on the gas. It's yeah. just not going to. Yeah, and, and he's got to have a manual transmission, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's definitely on the list. You were looking at a Cayenne, 10-year-old Cayenne. Hmm. Yeah, that, right. that one I thought was a little out there compared to everything else he threw out. Threw yeah, that was. But again, tires and he's open to the rear wheel drive thing. So <laughs> I, I think for you and I to recommend some specific sports cars, some very specific, fun, powerful cars, I think it's still appropriate in, in this category. Despite the news I read about Buffalo getting buried sometimes with snow, I still think it's appropriate. I still think, Matthew, with the right tires and your driving skill, you'll still be able to do just fine. I'm curious oh, to know what you've got. I, I came up with a long well, list, but I really I really narrowed down, and it's also some thinking that I want Matthew to consider, but I'd like to hear where you went too. Well, I was going to say that I'd like to hear where you went because I pretty much narrowed down my choice to one car, and I think it is the car he should buy. Oh, really? Okay, well, then so, I'll go. So, I, so I'll, I'll, I'll uh, hand it off to you for a minute, and All we'll, right. we'll see where, where you take us. All right. Well, uh, I, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. I'm uh, First, of course, I'm thinking Mustang and Camaro. Most power you can get for your money. Corvettes, too. They are, you know, that's been the recipe since the beginning of the Corvette. That was the entire point. And I, I went looking. I found you an 07 Corvette C6, Matthew, for thirty grand, 30,000 miles. The guy selling it just wants something different. It's black on black, black mesh wheels. They're really nice looking. And it's got the two red fender stripes on it there that really were 
were interesting. I, I thought it was a grand sport, but I think it's just the regular C6. But for 30 grand, mm -hmm. unbelievable fast and manual transmission. So you could go that route. Yeah. However, this is the thinking that I want you to consider here. If you don't mind higher mileage, somewhat higher mileage, I'd ask you to go experience a car that's a bit older and along the way, learn some basic maintenance, like oil changes. Learn a few things if you've got the ability to do that. And there's some cars that I want you to consider that could – they're in this price category now. They were expensive, fast, luxury cars when they were new. But they've dropped to such a level that you can afford them now and they're still so dynamically brilliant. So we're going away from you know, more of the tech side of things and more of – you know, okay, it's got the latest everything from a tech perspective to a time when that didn't matter and we have our phones now anyway. So to your point, Chance, Cayman's all day long for 30 grand, all day long. Yeah. There's boatloads of them. That's yeah. a consideration. But then I thought, all right, I'm a Porsche guy. If we're going shopping, how about a first-gen 997? Also, all day long, you could actually afford a 911 Matthew, <laughs> going from a Mazda 6 to a Porsche 911, your neighbors are going to wonder what happened, but <laughs> then you've got a story to tell. That's what happened to me when I bought the, the 928. People were looking at this thing, and it looks like an $80,000 car, and they're going, wow. And I said, no, no, I got it for nineteen grand. You don't understand. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of the story. But where I'm landing is the E46 BMW M3. Hmm. That, yeah. I am – I've been perusing EnthusiastAuto.com. They've got loads of them. They're in the 30, the 30 to 35 range. I'll be honest. So it's a little bit outside, but hey, it's also me talking. And what are we here for? To spend your money. <laughs> but beautiful ones. So I found an 04 M3 E46 manual coupe, 42,000 miles for 33.9. That means they'll probably take 33,000 out the door. I – Todd and I are in love with that car. I mean, just and and forty two thousand means it's not been modded. It's perfectly stock. It hasn't been driven into the ground. There's lots and lots of life left. And learn about it. Do some things to it. You know, maybe not modded at all, but learn some basic maintenance. And so that's why I'm thinking at this time in your life, you're you don't have a family. You don't have kids. Learn to own an older car and kind of make it your baby for now. You've got the rest of your life to own toasters and just – I take it to the dealership and they do everything for me and you know, I just need an appliance to get around or my wife just needs something and she doesn't care. You've got plenty of time for that, Matthew. How about an E46 M3? Gorgeous. When you go to Enthusiast Auto, you're going to be floored and you're going to be drooling. I mean a BMW or a Porsche, I know. I'm asking for a lot but I'm thinking going older – but there's a sweet spot there. So that's that's where I'm landing interesting. on this. Yeah, very interesting. Is the E46. I, I will say the E46 is actually the car that my wife and I were looking at before we bought our Boxster. We were looking I at I didn't know that. At, you were uh, actually considering those? Yeah, we were looking at convertible E46s, which the convertibles you can find for a lot less money too. Oh, it's, no it's kidding. It's actually pretty shocking. Well, we're, yeah, if you get the uh, SMG transmission too, those are they're practically giving them away. So yeah, we yeah. were. I was finding this was six months ago. I'm sure it's about the same now, but uh, I was finding convertible E46 M3s with under sixty thousand miles that were manual transmission cars for about twenty grand. 
You're kidding me. So, yeah, they they are they're just as good of a car. They just have the top lopped off them, so people don't want them as much. Wow. So, so if I know you're in Buffalo, it's cold half the year, but hey, if you want to save yourself 10 grand and go that route, uh, there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's true. I mean, your wife is driving the the Boxster in the winter. She is doing it with the convertible top and everything. Yep. yep. She's proved it, definitely. So, well, all right. So, where where are you at with uh, with Matthew here? What are you thinking? So, I well, when you when you started talking about Mustangs, Camaros, and Corvettes, I almost thought that you went the same direction I did, but you you didn't quite get there. Uh, you, you, <laughs> I veered said, off. I veered. You, I mean, you, it's me. You, you like started and then you yeah, you just took an offshoot. <laughs> you made the exit, but I. You said you wanted a car that that was fast and and you know exciting and and uh, i think you actually specifically said it needed to have some drama to it and the car i found i found a couple of them this specific car i found is in southampton new jersey so it's it's within a reasonable drive away it's got forty one thousand miles on it and it is a 2012 boss 302 mustang for 28 grand you're kidding me and i found several of them for about 28 grand along the east coast I like that a lot, actually. What kind of mileage are on them? I'm just uh, curious. This one specifically has forty-one thousand, and that's actually a high, a, a quote-unquote high mileage Boss 302. So most of them are going to be forty or lower thousand miles. That I... Wow! And you could get be... the Laguna Seca in there, or does that add uh, a price premium? That, that's probably more expensive. I didn't look at look for those, but. We we drove the three Boss three hundred two. You guys both loved the Boss three hundred two. We do, we do. It's got and personality, man. It just it, has. It's got character. It'll be cheaper to maintain <laughs> than both the Cayman and the M three. And the nine eleven. And the nine eleven. You can still work it out, work on it yourself. And I, I know it's kind of a, a track dedicated Mustang, but you are also within two hours driving time of two historic racetracks. And those are wow. Watkins Glen, which is further east of you. Or if you go across the border and a little bit further east of Toronto, there's Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, formerly Mosport, which are both are about two, two and a half hours drive from you. So you you can even get some track time in the car, too. <laughs> We're spending your money on track time now, Matthew. You, you get yeah, this, yeah. right? You're, so, you, you're, you're well, seeing he said, the tires in your future and the race gas and the whole deal. <laughs> It's, he, it's on. He said the Mazda was boring, and he loved the <laughs> the 240, what was it, the 240SX he had. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just taking it a step further, and then you can actually still be able to use it and have <laughs> have a lot of fun and learn, learn with it. I actually like that, although I'm realizing, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm thinking, if Todd were here, he'd recommend the Lotus. When you get on, <laughs> you recommend Mustangs. And I'm all about Porsche, so are we that much of a foregone conclusion between the three of us? Are we that bad? I, I hope not. I, I'll be honest. To both you guys, Tim and Matthew, we, we try very hard to acknowledge our preferences and then say what else is out there because we're not shopping for us, even though we kind of feel like it sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> I just – I was laughing. I mean I think it's a great suggestion. The 302 is excellent – 
But then I had to laugh. I'm going, all right, well, Chance is a Mustang guy, so <clears throat> naturally. Yeah, when, when I picked it, I was like, yeah, here here comes the, uh, the label. Because you know it's coming. You know it's coming. I just had to put it out there. I had to acknowledge the elephant in the room, of course. But like I said, you guys both thought the 302 was the best Mustang ever made until the GT350 came out. But that's you know, true, that's... and I hope we don't think whenever the next whatever the GT after the 350R, the 350, I hope it's better. Well, it better be better. better. I mean, that's kind of the idea, right? I mean, that is kind of the idea. But I, yeah, I'm just not willing to pay the premium. I think they're down in price now, back to. You know, back down to earth levels kind of pricing, but yeah. I was just never willing to pay the premium on that 350. And the Boss is such a great car; it's so much personality. And Matthew, if you haven't watched that video, Todd and I drive both the 350 and the Boss 302, and those are both owned. They were both owned by Justin, a friend of the show, generously let us drive those cars, and we had a yep. ball. And yep. it's it's sort of like. You know the things that we we drove the we drove a white one actually uh, a few years ago, and then we drove these again. It was like, oh yeah, I just I love the character, I love the personality, and they do feel so different than the GTS. They really yep. do. They do a lot. I, I was I was actually pretty. I I drove when we did that shoot. I drove the boss first on purpose because I didn't want to be tainted after that. Since you guys had already <laughs> driven it, I I, I felt Hurry like up. I should drive it first. And, That's uh, funny. I, I was blown away by that car. I really was. And I've I've actually, that was on my list of cars alongside the Cayman that I was looking at. But it, it's been vetoed by my wife. So, because we already have a Mustang, which is well, a little <laughs> ironic because we already I have don't a Porsche blame her. too. So. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do recall on the radio after that shoot, you did radio as you were driving the 350 and you said, <clears throat> I, I have to have this car. I want oh, this car. Yeah, the the want is very strong. Yeah, that's I've I've got a screenshot of the way I've spec'd one out, saved on my desktop. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there for a while, and, and I, no one's it's, surprised. It's like three times my budget, but you know, that's <laughs> actually I've been doing a very bad thing and specking out brand new McLaren seven twenties on their website. They have a really, really nice configurator, but it's really bad news. I've actually specced one out in yellow with carbon fiber accents and black everything. And yeah, I'm, I am increasingly in love with McLarens, like to a large degree. Porsche is still, you know, deep in my heart here, deeply implanted, but McLarens, man, they're, they're up there. So yeah, yeah. I like them. There's hard to go wrong with a McLaren, but that's that's you know way out of both our budgets. Oh no, kidding! I just Combi I mean, combined budgets even. Yeah, I mean that's I'm, that's just sort of my lately my dream car. Even though I have no legs to stand on, I cannot say oh my dream car because I've got the GTS. It's amazing. I love it. That's sort of my outlet. And then I I don't know. It's not that I'm dreaming about McLarens while driving the Porsche. It's not that way. But oh man. Anyway, so yeah, to an unhealthy degree, but we should jump right into questions here. We've got a lot of them here, and uh, thank you all very much for posting on all the social media about your questions. Chance, I think you should kick things off here. There was something, there was something for you. Maybe it was uh, Instagram that I saw. Uh, the um, one, the one that I remember seeing. I'll have to look again to see if there's any new ones. But um, Nathan Kuhn actually asked one. I think that was more directed to me. Oh, yes. Nate, thank you for asking. This is great. And uh, he, he says, 
We all know your ongoing affection towards the Kia Soul, Paul. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Kia what and is... Mercedes, too, to a weird... I don't know why I like Mercedes-Benzes so much, but anyway, yes. So, so he asks what what my guilty pleasure car is. Something that's maybe not considered cool or just kind of quirky and wacky. And I, I thought about this for quite a while, and it was actually about 20 minutes ago, or 20 minutes before we started recording... My wife sends me a text. It's like, what? What is your your guilty pleasure card? And I, I was. Oh, I she's had, reading the questions in advance, is she? Yeah, and <laughs> oh. I had no idea what to tell her. I actually had to ask her if there was any cars that I've said that I've liked that were just weird, wacky cars. And 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 then it, then it dawned on me. And you're you're gonna laugh because you guys have have bashed on this car before. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like the Mini Coupe. You know the backwards hat Mini Cooper. You do? I really like those stupid things. I don't know why. I just I think they're fun looking <laughs> and cool and different enough that they're. I I I have no excuses on why I like it. I just I just know that I like it. Well then, I don't know there if I'd is. own one, but I know I, I I know I think they look cool. And that's what Nate's asking. It's sort of like I like it. I don't know why. I can't justify it, but I like it. Yeah, if that's was, your car. Then that's that's. It was really a toss cute. up between that and the Nissan Juke. I like the styling on those too. I, you do? I'm, I'm weird. I haven't trained you properly. I need to <laughs> work on you some more. Clearly. <laughs> now, to be fair, I like them in certain colors. They have to be, you know, look just right. But, but yeah, they. <laughs> All right. I like their their goofiness. They're just different and wacky. They are and, goofy and wacky. And that's. <laughs> You're naming all the reasons I don't like them, but <clears throat> all right. And that, that's why I don't like most. I don't like most goofy and wacky cars, but those are just two that, for whatever reason, I've kind of had a thing for. Mm. But again, I don't. I don't know if I could ever buy one or own one, but they're. <laughs> I, I find mm. them interesting looking. Well, this ties in a bit to Nate's question. I want to keep you going here about Mike Schmidt's question of asking which car manufacturer do we feel is currently the least inspiring. Go. I'm curious. I liked, what, I liked someone had already commented on it and said, Lincoln, <laughs> nothing to see here. Well, funny <laughs> enough, and that was Jeff, yes, I, I'm going to say Lincoln, even though Nate is trying to convince me from the Chicago Auto Show, he went and he sat in the new Continental. And I said, did you do your best McConaughey impressions? Were you muttering things <laughs> out of one eye open and... I just I'm not convinced Nate I think it's hey look at our fun door handles and I'm I'm still not convinced I'll have to sit at it I'll give you that but I just think they're still going to be relegated to now the black car under the uber setting that I want the black car sent to me and you're gonna it's gonna show up the black Lincoln Continental and okay I'm seeing some pictures of the interior but I just feel like I just feel like I like they had such a great opportunity wasted i liked the concepts the concept of it was gorgeous for for lincoln anyways but it was the gorgeous concept was hey look at what bentley's doing yeah they're kind but of a nice was, luxury manufacturer it had, <clears throat> but it had an american twist to it and then the production car comes out and it's like it has some of the same shapes it's got the same general 
front end thing, but the rest yeah. of it's like it looks like a, the next old person car. Because well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. So Nate, but, is that your but, guilty pleasure car? Are you asking? Because yeah, Lincoln, it's still way up there, and nothing else in their range is even remotely impressing me. And now I'm reading that Lincoln is becoming huge in China, or at least Lincoln wants it to become huge in China, just like Buick has done for GM. They're yep. wanting to push Lincoln. It seems like, all right, is Lincoln the brand? Are we all done with that here in the States because it's been around forever? And, you know, maybe the Chinese market is just now discovering Lincoln. And if they're good, they're good. But eh, talk See, about I'm not convinced. I'm just I'm not convinced. Now, I, I think the least inspiring car manufacturer is Toyota. I mean, they, they have the 86 and they've got the upcoming Supra. But as you guys have both drilled to the ground, is <laughs> there neither one of those cars were solely built by Toyota. They had to have outside help. Now, whether that was whether or not that was because they couldn't do it themselves, I don't think that's the reason why. Or maybe it was more economical to do it this way. But they, the, the FRS and BRZ is a great car dynamically. It's it's fantastic. I mean, even Top Gear is using it now. Yes, which I love. We've acknowledged but, that too, and I love that they are. It's finally but, not just a cheap car; it's a cheap driver's car, a cheap fun car. Yeah. And but what else does Toyota make that is at all inspiring to drive? Everything I'm else the is Supra. an appliance. Well, I'm yeah, this, it, it better be because they're they're tying it in with with BMW. Well, I, I have to but, tread lightly here because uh, a former classmate of mine, Ian Cartabiano, is one of the head designers at the Toyota Design Studio, and he's come up with a lot of cool concepts. As a matter of fact, I probably mentioned he has done the new Camry. So he was the lead designer on the new Camry and the NASCAR version as well. So cool sketches. He's been doing that, and he's a great designer. I'm just still inspired. And so I had a, an opportunity to visit the Toyota Design Studio in Southern California, and I got a lift on my phone, and I got picked up in a Chevy Bolt. I put that on Instagram and said, hey, my first ride on a Chevy Bolt. We want yeah. to drive it. But this, uh, this guy had bought a Chevy Bolt, and he took me to a Toyota, and we rolled up, and there was a Toyota Mirai, the hydrogen-powered oh, yeah. car, parked in the parking lot. I'm looking at both of them. I rolled up in the Bolt, and I'm going, Bolt for the win. Oh, All yeah. electric. He claimed at least an average of 300 miles driving around Orange County. And then I'm looking at the mirror. I go on, no, just look at the styling. And it's not fully electric. And no, it's not even a consideration. So that was a little weird. And then, yeah, I'm with you. Toyota needs to really come up with something inspiring in the lobby. Is that Supra show car? The FT1 from a few years ago. Oh, that, that's sitting there. That going, show car was gorgeous. Build they, it. they just they build can it. they can make things. They show that they have the yes. talent to do it. They have a long history too, a long racing oh, history. Yeah. They have yeah. got loads of capital to work with there. And I'm going. <laughs> I'm so uninspired. Please, please. <laughs> but they're not a charity organization. They're in in the business to make money. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of design, I wanted to answer Tomo Chan's question here about changing the leadership at Nissan and will this warrant new and interesting designs for their cars, specifically the next Z? Well, there's uh, – in addition to new leadership for the company, 
Carlos Ghosn has now stepped down or will be stepping down here shortly. He was uh, he came over from the Renault Alliance that they have, and Carlos is stepping away. So they have a Japanese gentleman who is now running the show at Nissan. In addition, an upperclassman of mine, upper classmate, uh, he was a few years ahead of me at the school, the design school that I went to in California. His name is Kareem Habib. Kareem was with BMW for yeah. years and years and years. And such a great guy, excellent designer. He, uh, yeah, was always just so nice, just a really affable, friendly guy. He's spent a long time in Munich for BMW. He reported to Adrian von Hoydunk, the number one in command there, and was in charge of a lot of cars in his tenure. Infinity is has just hired him and just announced that Kareem is the head of design for all things Infinity, and he's moving to Tokyo to the Nissan wow. Technical Center there, nice. and Good I them. think that's a great move. So yeah. Tomo, long-winded way of answering your question is, yes, they've got new leadership in charge, and they've got Kareem. So buckle up, because he's gonna he's about to do some great things, I feel like, and even though Infinity is not something Todd and I recommend, or even you, Chance, recommend, it's on the forefront of our minds, I'm really excited because Nissan has proven they can do fun stuff. I mean, they've got the 370Z. They've got, you know, Godzilla, for crying out loud. So they've done yeah, the GTR. I, I will say, I I walked around the, uh, what is it, the Q60, is that what they're calling it? The two-door, the two-door yeah, sports coupe? Yeah, the new one you're talking about, brand new? Yeah, yeah. I really like those. I, I'm interested to see how they drive. And with Infinity's reputation on the way cars drive, I don't have high hopes for it. But <laughs> well, but I think the car looked great. I liked sitting in it. The it was this year's uh, Neiman Marcus Christmas car, which was a really ugly color, if I might say. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not their target market. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, it was like this like weird brown color, and then the uh, the Carbon fiber was actually white and silver, kind of diamond looking. It was very mm. gaudy. If you, in yeah, my you're opinion, definitely not the market. Definitely not their market. They're but, shooting for. <laughs> but no, they're. I think they're a great looking car. Otherwise, and, but yeah, like like you said, they're. Otherwise, I don't know if Infinity really has it yet. Well, but, they had, but had they're, that uh, put the GTR engine in everything for a little while. They did it in the Juke. And then they yep. did it in the, whatever, the Q50, I think, the sedan. Yeah, the and then they didn't make it. The I know. They, they should have made that car. That would have been awesome. I agree. That would have kind of, I mean, imagine that up against the Alfa Romeo Quadrifoglio, Julia Quadrifoglio. Hello. Oh, yeah. That, that would be a competition. I just, yeah. I think there's there's going to be a lot of cool change coming. I think Infinity knows that, and I've seen some stuff at Nissan that is coming. There's some stuff changing over, but they've got new direction executive in charge and new design direction for Infinity. So I'm I'm excited. I'm encouraged. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's uh, uh James Grella actually asks. Well, he he posts more of a comment. He says he's he's six four. And he just went to the the auto show in Boston, and went and sat in the Fiat 124 and the Miata. And said he fit in him fine, which I, I find fascinating because the three of us were all six three, different proportions, and neither one of us fit in it very well. So I I don't know if he's just meaning he fits just, or if he fits comfortably. Well, he says he says comfortable, followed by he says the one twenty four was the most comfortable, which Todd and I actually both thought 
both agreed after sitting in it back to back with the RF at the LA Auto Show this past year. We don't know if the seats are different or what, but we felt like we had more room in the 124 as well. So, hmm. but, although Todd's more torso and you're more legs, and I'm sort of in between both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just thought that was an interesting comment, and it was interesting to see someone taller that that says they fit better in the car, which is which is great for for you too. Which lead <laughs> which leads me to the opposite question, which uh, Rob Feudenberg asks. Uh, how we talk about cars that are too small for for tall guys. Well, what oh, cars? Yes. What cars question. are too big for for shorter guys? Gosh, <laughs> lots of stuff. I mean, he gives this uh, example about a Dodge Challenger being the example of American cars that are too large with seats that are too wide. I experienced that in my Jeep Grand Cherokee. I'm I'm getting in Todd's K- uh, Cayenne recently. I'm going ah, perfect. And then I get back in the Jeep and I'm thinking, I'm not Whee! this fat. I'm sliding around all over the place. <laughs> I don't have side <laughs> fat. I mean, come on. What <laughs> What on earth? Why are these seats so wide? But yeah, American cars, the American proportion, it's I, I think it's always been something the Japanese automakers have struggled with until the Nissan Titan truck came out. A couple of my neighbors have that truck and it's huge. Yeah, big they, they were finally like, all right, we're doing a big truck now. But <laughs> American pickup trucks have always been the proportions. There's, there's plenty of space. Um, gosh, cars that are cars that are that way, too big for the smaller. Uh, I mean, just about anything. But, I mean, you do have the benefit mm-hmm. of, you know, your car chance, you know, Hyundais and Kias and all the European cars that are smaller they're just like a nice glove fit Honda S 2000s. You just sort of put on like a backpack, you know, that kind of thing. So you do have that benefit. It's yeah. not all roses being, you know, tall. Um, I, I actually found a car once that, you know, I'm, I'm tall and fairly, I'm a pretty thin guy. And I found the car that I, my hips were too wide for this car. Oh, and I was, I was way too tall for it. Okay. It was the, uh, the 1969 De Tomaso Mangusta. Oh. They only made like 400 of them or so. They're one of those Italian Italian designed by Bertoni, I believe, sports car with a Ford small block V8 in it. And it was a really cool car, but I I was too fat for that thing. It was really kind of funny. But <laughs> If you can imagine wow. that. <laughs> You're too fat for a car. That's, uh, yeah, until now. You've never said that until you sat in that car. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a number of years ago. But that car is the only car I've never fit in width-wise. <laughs> floored. All right. Uh, yeah, the, the Jeep is uh, too wide as our American cars. I always comment on the seats. I'm sliding back and forth. But... Maybe, just maybe they'll figure it out. We'll see here. Uh, Cars and Comments on Instagram has asked us, which rack system do we use to transport our mountain bikes and what kind of mountain bikes do you ride? Yes, I agree that the GTS would look cool with bikes on the roof, but guess what? There are no clips on the GTS for racks. Are there not? They are on the regular Cayman and the Cayman S but not on the GTS. They disappear. They've actually made it one smooth roof huh. without any rain channels. Interesting. Yeah. Did, did not so, know that. 
I think they're sort of saying if you have the GTS, you're not going mountain biking anyway with this car, so just deal with it, maybe? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Could be. But I will say the the Quat racks, K-U-A-T, K U A T, with the umlaut over the U, K U A T racks.com is what I have, and that plugs into the trailer hitch on the Jeep Grand Cherokee. And thanks for reminding me about mountain biking because, yeah, it's just barely spring, but it's still mud season. It's still a little bit too cool. And <laughs> trails aren't open. The roads aren't open. And so I want to get mountain biking here, and um, I can't yet. So thanks for giving me a paper cut and pouring lemon juice in it. I'm, uh, I can't wait. But good yeah. question. Yeah, the quad racks, everybody seems to have them in Park City and Utah. And I just liked how they carry the bikes on the back instead of the roof. I don't have to worry about clearance under bridges and that kind of thing. Oh, or, and I have a can like. Or be like my dad was growing up. He, he, we were both into road biking, and we'd put the bikes on top of our Jeep. We had oh. a li- we had a lifted Grand che- or not a Grand Cherokee. We had a lifted Jeep Cherokee that, without anything on the roof, barely made it into the garage. Oh and my gosh! He's he's gonna kill me for saying this, but one day he came home <laughs> and forgot that his bike was up up there, and he drove it into the garage, and it destroyed his road bike he had, he had to have it professionally repaired and welded and no uh, it was he was uh, uh, that was one of the few times i've ever seen my dad furious <laughs> really well it's years later right you can talk about it now. yeah yeah that was probably 15 20 years ago now but, but yeah that was like cracked the frame and like destroyed it kind of thing yeah the the front the front tube that the the fork goes into yeah the head tube it, it bent and came oh. it unseparated itself from the the down tube or the the long tube, whatever i forget the names of them all but the the long one that you usually put your your water bottle on oh my gosh well just console him by saying if it were a carbon fiber frame it would have shattered so you yeah know, at least it yeah. that didn't happen he could repair it so yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, and yes, I have a. As I mentioned, I've got a Cannondale mountain bike with the lefty front fork, so it's the the single front fork, which is actually pretty cool and it works really well. It's it's a uh, pin needles, um, needle bearings, and it's a square within a square tube inside that single shock absorber. So it's pretty pretty strong. Uh, hmm. Yeah, mountain biking. Can't wait. We got to get you going mountain biking with us, Chance. We got to get you up there. I've I've been mountain biking once and maybe it was the the way we did it but I wasn't a fan. <laughs> really? Okay. Cuz I I'm a, I was a road bike guy so it was very different. It's hard well, to compare true. the two. So True. All right, what else stuck out to you in the questions uh Instagram uh, or Facebook here? This one I think is a good one for both of us. Tyler Hill asks if you could swap any generation 911 into any generation 9 oh, any generation 911 engine into any generation 911 chassis, what would be your ultimate 911? Hmm. Interesting question, and you've poked me with the Porsche thing. Uh, I don't think I have to do much swapping, to be honest. I'm pretty much all about that GT3. And now with the GT3 coming out, the brand new 2018 car coming out here, I think we're done. I, um, <laughs> yeah, how about stuffing that into the Cayman and uh, you didn't mention the Cayman GT4 RS which we've been teased with endlessly yep. here so maybe they're doing something turbocharged for that maybe I'm not sure Who but uh, I'm thinking the GT3 it just it's already there it revs to 9000 RPM it's 
the yeah. hairs on the back of your neck don't stand up until like 7,900 to 9,250. And that's where the power is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You think, all right, this is fast. There's nothing. 4,000, 5,000, 6,000. Okay, this is pretty fast. And then the power comes on. Yeah. 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 I'd say that's where it's at for me. I've got to own a 911. Thanks a lot, Tyler. (laughs) I think uh, I like the singer recipe. The singer. Oh, good choice. You know, they take 964s and basically they kind of throw together a car with all the best parts from all the generations. So the. The they've made a few of them, but my favorite ones that they've made they're that light blue, almost golf livery kind of colors, but not, and the orange Fuchs wheels and the oh yeah the they put the what's the engine they put in those? The, I think they stroke a nine nine three engine to a three point eight or something like that. Pretty sure they're Cosworth built as well. I, I think so, yeah. And just I would love one of those cars. <laughs> You realize I could buy, I think, three GT3s for the price of a $600,000. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of other things you could buy for the price <laughs> of one of those. But you look at them and just think, oh, my goodness. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I, I need one of those. <laughs> I mean, polished nickel trim. Who does that? Nickel trim. Like or the actual unbelievable. Or the woven leather they put on some of the dashes. Oh, and, yeah. And, oh. If Ford came out stuff. with clothing that were, you know, the the shoes or footwear or something like that that were along the lines and pulling details oh, out like you'd that. You'd be their biggest customer. I'd be all over because <laughs> I could at least afford the clothing. I can't afford the car, but, you know, I could at least afford a little piece of like a, a cool bag of some sort, like a computer bag or a, I don't know, footwear, cool, you know, dress shoes made out of like, woven <laughs> leather. Right? Aren't you seeing it? Yeah, like with yeah, the, yeah. the shoelace tips would be nickel. Oh, I mean, gosh. <laughs> down in the weeds. Be the details. Meanwhile, Todd is rolling around dying for, <laughs> for listening yes, to all this. <laughs> that was mostly for his benefit. <laughs> <laughs> you did well. <laughs> all right. Anything um, else before we wrap this up? Wow. We're already uh, yeah, running we're, long. We're up there. Uh, I think that's about, about does it without, you know, talking for another half hour. Which we could, clearly, and we I love it. Easily could, there. yeah. It's a lot of fun, though. You see how much fun Todd and I are having. Oh, yeah, totally. No, uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, we appreciate you jumping on again and offering your insight. I think it's valuable. Uh, just, you know, it's good. We're, we're always pushing ourselves, but I, I like your input a lot, and um, it's good to have some perspective, even though you did recommend a Mustang. Yeah, just yeah well, you recommended Porsche, so what else well, is new? okay. All right, right back at me, right? <laughs> Well, huge thanks, everyone, for listening and for following along. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're going to Velocity. And if you haven't seen a little bit of an explanation, the video is only about two minutes long, something like that. It's the latest posting, and it's called Big News. So go ahead and watch that. And uh, it explains everything that we're doing. We're having a big 2017. We're looking forward to having you along for the ride. Announcements about the European pilgrimage trip is forthcoming and announcements about the in the u.s what we're doing in the u.s for track days is also forthcoming still a few more details to be sorted out i know we've been teasing for a long time but i didn't want you to uh to miss that (laughs) and then finally the films a reminder about the films they're still on sale we still would love you to uh 
to pick one of those up. If you know somebody, uh, grab the, the DVD, the Blu-ray for them or yeah. on Vimeo as well. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And actually on Instagram, we are approaching 2,000 followers. So that means we're going to be doing a giveaway soon. Yes, we are. And Thanks for the reminder. That will be up to you two, what you would decide what we're, what we're giving away and how we do it. But we're, <laughs> we're getting close close to that. So. We're giving away pieces of car, Singer 911 clothing. It doesn't exist. <laughs> oh All right. <laughs> See, now I'm making you laugh. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, send us your debates, everydaydrivertv, gmail.com. Till next time. See ya.